Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where if you want OP to break the law, then he's going to need that in writing first. Our next Reddit post is from James PG. I used to work as a spare parts estimator for a fairly niche industry. My job was essentially to figure out what parts of our main product the customer actually wanted, find out how much it would cost us to make, add a little markup, and send them a quote. My boss was pretty strict on traceability, so everything needed to be recorded, including why a certain markup had been applied to a particular product. The normal value of these quotes is somewhere between 200 pounds and a few hundred thousand pounds. Very rarely do we get orders for anything more than that, maybe once or twice a decade in my experience. A request for a price quote landed on my desk when I was working from home during COVID, and it was a big one. Just looking at the list of parts the customer wanted, this was going to be an absolute killer, costing over a million pounds all by itself. I was told by the sales guy that if this one went well, there was another to follow of an even bigger size. Ultimately, we'd be looking at 10 million pounds over the next four years, so I set to work. Normally, I can do five or six of these quotes in a day, but this one quote took me six weeks to put together. I was in constant contact with 20 different vendors getting specifications, technical details, prices, and lead times for over 400 items. Finally, my masterpiece was complete. Then came the snack. The sales guy says that because of the country the customer is in, they need to have four or more quotes come in from different customers in order to get it cleared by their government. This was because of some anti-corruption policy. We were the original manufacturers of this product, and there's nowhere else on the planet they could get these parts from. So we'd have to work through third parties to get it done, and the sales guy knew just the guy for the job. So the sales guy brings in this really dodgy guy. He and the sales guy go way back, and he was going to pose as a preferential supplier. Alright, here's what the sales guy wanted me to do. He wanted to give his friend a normal quote. Then, I was supposed to take that same quote, increase the price by 30%, and send that quote to other companies, which they would absolutely reject because it was too expensive. Since the other three companies would definitely reject my outrageous quote, this guy was pretty much guaranteed to get the contract. I argued with the sales guy, saying that the whole point of the anti-corruption policy is to prevent situations exactly like this, but I was overruled. Our company's chief operations officer told me over a phone call to just do it, so I said, sure, but I need that in writing. Fast forward two years, and still, no order's been placed. Then, I find out through a different sales guy that the sketchy guy had been blacklisted by his country's government over this project. And the other three companies have been turned down, and the end user is asking other companies to come in and take our product out and replace it with their own. Our company's senior management called for an investigation. My quote is ripped to pieces and examined in microscopic detail. Then, they ask me the question, Why'd you give different prices to these other three companies when you know this had to do with anti-corruption? We should fire you. That's a multi-million pound order that you just lost us. Then, out comes that email from my little black book. On the desk it goes, and everyone suddenly gets very quiet. Next week, the chief operations officer starts packing his desk into a box. So, the moral of the story is, if someone tells you to do something that's borderline illegal, make sure you get it in writing. I feel like in the corporate, 
legal world, saying, can I get that in writing is kind of like the auditory equivalent of of like someone racking the sniper rifle round. You know what I mean? Or like cocking the shotgun. Sure, I'd be happy to, but can I get that in writing? Our next Reddit post is from Viva Ibiza. I only live five minutes away from a local pizza place, so I walked in and ordered takeout. I didn't call in because I didn't see much point because I live so close and I don't mind the extra couple of minutes. While there, I saw they were doing a special offer, a 10% discount if you mention their promotion over the phone. I said, I know that I haven't called in first, but now I know that you give a discount if I do, and to save us both the hassle of me calling you right now, can I still just get the 10% off anyways? No, it's for telephone orders only. Sure, I get that, but I could literally just call you right now from my mobile phone and you'd give me the discount, but that would be a bit weird to make me do that, so can I just get it anyways? No, it's for telephone orders only. This guy was pissing me off, so I was literally about to just forget about buying anything from there and go somewhere else. But as I got outside, I figured, no, I'll just stand outside and call the number on their door and order a pizza that way to get my discount. The phone rang, and the same guy picked up. Can I order a pizza to collect with a 10% discount, please? The guy obviously recognizes my voice, because it's been like 15 seconds since we last spoke inside. He looks outside at me. I smile and wave. He looks pissed off that he has to give me my discount now. He takes my order and says it'll be 10 minutes. During the next 10 minutes while waiting for my discounted pizza, someone else is about to come in the restaurant to order takeout. I asked them if they called ahead for the discount. They didn't realize that was a thing. No problem, buddy. I'll do it for you. What do you want? I call the same number. The same guy answers and hears my voice again, and he looks straight at me again. I smile, wave at him, and proceed to order this random stranger's pizza order for them while maintaining eye contact with them. I said, my friend would also like the 10% telephone discount. The guy looks like he's gonna pop a blood vessel, but he has no choice but to accept it. After all, I didn't enforce the rules, he did. A week later, the telephone order discount was completely cancelled. Down in the comments, we have a similar malicious compliance story from Anomalous Cowherd. I went to a tourist attraction, and while queuing up, I saw someone with a printed out 40% off voucher. I pulled up the website that it was from and had the voucher showing on my phone, but when I got to the counter, they wouldn't accept it because it had to be printed. So, I sent my companion to the nearest cafe to have a drink while I popped into a nearby posh hotel, explained my problem to the guy behind the desk, and asked him if he would print it off for me. He gave me the hotel email address, I emailed it, he printed it off with a smile, then 15 minutes later we all turned up back to the attraction with the printed off voucher in hand. Saved us about 50 bucks. Our next Reddit post is from One Lass. This story happened when I was still living in a student dorm in the first few years of university. Each room in my dorm had their own sink, with showers and toilets in a shared space, so you could at least brush your teeth and get ready in peace. I happened to have a next-door roommate, who I very seldomly saw due to our schedules. However, you could hear the water running from time to time. Also, I have an electric toothbrush, which is important to the story. One day, I was brushing my teeth as usual, getting ready to head out the door, when that roommate came out of his room with a wolfish grin. 
He said, OP, you can just call me the next time you feel the need to run the electric thing in your room. At first I didn't get it, but then I was quite disgusted, because he obviously thought that I was using my vibrator twice a day, and he had obviously put more thought into this than I would have liked. While I do own several toys, my bed was on the complete opposite end of the room, so as far away from the shared wall as possible. At night, I was still disgusted by his behavior when I got the idea to just do what he wanted me to do. So I grabbed my toothbrush, knocked on his door, and smiled as sweetly as possible. I said, neighbor, I need to use my electric device now, and since you offered your help, his face lit up until I shoved my toothbrush in his face and realization dawned. I had never seen anyone turn this red this fast. For the next few weeks, I knocked on his door every time I brushed my teeth. And since I decided my dental hygiene was now a priority, I upped brushing my teeth from twice a day to thrice a day. He got super uncomfortable every time I knocked and asked him about dental hygiene tips, but he was never creepy towards me again. Down in the comments, we had this weird story from Woohoo. We had co-ed dorms. There was a girl in the room next to ours. She somehow got lucky and got the room all to herself, even though normally it was two people per dorm. She asked my roommate and I if we could hear anything from her bathroom, and we were like, no, why? She takes us into her bathroom and shows us the kitten that she found. She was worried people could hear it because there were no pets allowed in the dorms. She kept it most of the school year, sneaking it out before housekeeping cleaned the bathrooms. Our next Reddit post is from Long Jumping Bad. In a past work life, I worked at a small newspaper where corporate insisted on paying me hourly, despite the job not being capable of being done in 40 hours. That, and anyone who knows the news industry knows that news happens more than just 9 to 5. It was implied that you just work when needed and don't miss deadlines, so I did that for years. One week, I ended up working over 100 hours. We had lots of huge breaking news stories, and I was the only person working at that newspaper. I asked them for 20 hours of overtime pay, since I'd worked 60 hours of overtime that week, and my regional manager refused because it hadn't been properly authorized. So I told him that, from then on, I'll work exactly 40 hours, and I don't care what news happens after that, I'll cover it my next workday. About six months go by, and I haven't missed any major news. But a few things came in later than they should've. Then another hell week hits. Several major car crashes, a threat to a school that I can't say the name of on YouTube, and on Friday at about 4pm, we had a murder. I head out to the murder scene, get photos, talk to an officer, and I'm told an update is coming at 6.30pm. So, I write up a very short piece with the info I had by 4.30, and at 5pm I go home for the weekend. My readers and my bosses reached out to me several times over the weekend. I told my readers that we'd have an update on Monday, and that no one was scheduled to work that weekend. My bosses I ignored until Monday. My boss tried to yell at me, but I pointed out that it would be unpaid overtime and that it wasn't approved. By Wednesday, they offered me a raise and put me on salary. I accepted, but I left the job a few months later. Guys, never ever forget that corporate wage theft accounts for more theft than every other type of theft in the world combined. The number one victims of theft across the world are workers not getting paid enough from their bosses. Our next Reddit post is from Left of Center. 
Back when I was a young woman, with a lot of attitude and a loud mouth, I worked for a nice Italian restaurant in my hometown. I didn't have a single issue with management, until seven months into my employment when a male manager joined the team. He was a bit of a misogynist. He would make backhanded comments about women, and he only had issues with the female staff. He wrote me up for some ridiculous reasons, one being opening the dock door too hard when it was a heavy steel door that you had to put some muscle into to open. He fired another lady, who was pregnant, for asking to be put in a section closest to the kitchen so she had to walk less. She filed a lawsuit and won, too. One day I walked into work. He pulled me into the office immediately and presented me with a write-up slip. It was because I wasn't wearing a belt. The dress code stated, if pants have belt loops, a belt must be worn. Okay, my uniform that day didn't comply with the dress code. The issue was that I hadn't worn a belt in the seven months that I'd been there, while the other managers never mentioned it. In my opinion, the appropriate thing to say would have been, hey, I see that you haven't been wearing a belt and we haven't been enforcing it. The dress code states that you must wear a belt if you have belt loops. I'll give you X amount of days to purchase a belt before I start enforcing the policy. But instead, I just got a straight write-up. So I went home and cut all the belt loops off of my work pants. The next day, immediately upon walking in, he asked me where my belt was. I pointed to my pants and said, where are my belt loops? The employee handbook says, if there are belt loops, but I no longer had belt loops. Let's just say that it didn't make him like me anymore, but I felt like a hero standing up to him in such a petty manner. (laughs) So uh, the top comment from 958silver is, so you found a loophole. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.